Hello and welcome back to Up in the Roost. I'm Tyler Waldrop. As always, I'm here with Thomas Ashworth. And Thomas, we're finally getting to record an in-season episode of our podcast. And we're here today reacting to Jacksonville State's opening win, 17-14 to over UTEP. We wanted to start today's episode with the things that surprised us in Saturday's win. Uh, Thomas, what stood out to you the most? What was your biggest surprise from Saturday? So one of the biggest, not surprises to me, but one of the biggest positives for Jacksonville State was the first game for Quay Drake. He's a linebacker from ULM. Led the team in tackles in the game with 11 total tackles. He had three solo tackles. And he also had a quarterback hurry. So, I mean, there, I don't think that there really could have been a better first game for Quay Drake than this. I mean, Rich Rodriguez said it best. He said, we really just wanted to bring him in, not just because he's a good athlete, but it seems like no matter what situation he's in, he can just always make a tackle. And he was really all over the field, not just in tackles, but he really – played a lot of different ways and we, we just saw a lot from him. I mean I really think that this was a huge success for him and like Rich Rodriguez said he was an immediate plug and play I mean we just saw that he was immediately a leader on the defense and he was immediately just one of the best guys in practice on the defensive side so really I mean this was a huge success for not just Quay Drake but a really good indicator of kind of what's to come for Jacksonville State's linebackers. Yeah and I tried today to get Rich Rod to sort of talk about what makes him such a great linebacker and he sort of defaulted back to not his play on the field, but his leadership in the locker room uh, so far throughout fall camp. And honestly, I do think that's maybe what this team needed. If you look from an experience standpoint, linebacker was the biggest hole for this defense. You know, just the, all the experience they lost last year. Hale gets, a, uh, I believe, two starts at the end of last season, which I think was great for his development and great for the linebacker room as a whole. But, I mean, Quay we got a chance to sit down with him uh, earlier this afternoon and he talked about just, you know, taking time to answer questions for some of the younger guys and, and maybe talking to them about experiences that they haven't had yet recounting. This is what I've seen in games, especially FBS experience. I just think that was such a big benefit for Jacksonville state. And I think it showed up in Saturday's win with just how dominant Quay was at times. I mean, you normally expect linebackers to be right there leading the team in tackles, but I agree with Thomas. I was very impressed with just how dominant Quay looked in his first game in the Jacksonville State uniform. I mean, it's kind of hard to speak to this, almost impossible, but he just seems comfortable in Jacksonville State's defense, and this is a huge part in Zach Alley, um, the defensive coordinator who came with Rich Rod from ULM. Rich Rod said he wasn't over 30 yet so um, he's still a young guy kind of um, and he has a kind of a new look defense and um, not only is he comfortable in this defense but Quedrick is also about 45 minutes from his hometown um, and he was able to have a lot of people come and support him and also I mean every time we've talked to him he's pretty much said I'm thankful for blank shout out to this player shout out to the coaching staff he just seems comfortable and when a player gets that comfortable and gets able to you know get in a group I think that means really good things and Rich Rod also said that all the players from ULM they're comfortable with the system whether that's Perry Carter coming in with Rich Rodriguez as his offensive coordinator, or Malik Jackson or uh, Quay Drake in this instance. I mean, all these guys just seem comfortable. And I mean, the big reason for that is obviously the coaching staff coming in. But still, I mean, that's also a huge part in their in their talents as well. So it was a really good day for Quay Drake. My biggest takeaway or biggest surprise from Saturday's game is harder to quantify. It's hard for me to pull up one stat or one moment that really speaks to this. But 
for 75% of the game, I just thought the Gamecocks looked like the more physical team. Coming in, there was all this talk and attention paid to UTEP's offensive line. I think a group that had something like 120 career starts. They were Most of those guys got all-conference honors heading into the year. Pro Football Focus graded them out well. And UTEP, the defensive front didn't have that same respect, but I mean, the defensive front for UTEP was similar. I mean, UTEP was supposed to be a bigger team, a more physical team. Jacksonville State was supposed to be this plucky underdog trying to overcome a relative giant. But I just thought throughout most of the game, Jacksonville State looked like the more physical team. And I mean, like you said, this is a surprise, not just because of how good UTEP is, but I mean, if you look at everything, I mean, Jack State was really undersized. Not only were they one of the smaller teams in FCS last year, but I mean, coming into this year, they're returning a lot of the same guys. And the Retrod said it best. I mean, these guys aren't really big per se, but they're athletes. Um, and being able to see them kind of gridded out for a lot of the time, being able to see them gridded out a lot and being able to just watch how they were able to win battles, whether it was offensive linemen against defensive linemen or in some in, in the obvious case, Jeremiah Harris is being able to pluck an interception out of the air. I mean, it really just seems like, like you said, they just had a way of being more physical. Maybe it's just part of the reason is just because of Rich Rod and the way he paces the game or what what have you. But, I mean, still, like you said, they really did look more physical, and it it really showed how they were able to – kind of put it together on the field from uh, both spring and fall practices. Yeah, if there's one thing that does kind of speak to that, I think it goes back to third down. UTEP was 3 of 12. Jacksonville State was 7 of 16. I think that kind of speaks to just maybe that physical play that really impressed me. If you look at the uh, rush yards, especially when you take the sacks out, UTEP averaged 4.2. Jacksonville State averaged 5. So the – it's not a crazy difference, but Jacksonville State did average more yards per carry than UTEP. And UTEP had some huge runs. I think that was the thing that maybe reminded you how good the UTEP offensive line was. There were a couple moments in the game where UTEP's running back, Deion Hankins, just sort of seemed to blow through Jacksonville State's front seven and pick up 10 or 12. I think he had a 20-yard carry in there or maybe more. So on those explosive runs, I think you kind of got a, a reminder that, hey, UTEP is a bigger team, that, a team that has FBS experience. But outside of those big runs, I didn't see a huge difference in the way the two lines played. And in fact, I, that made me more impressed with Jacksonville State than I expected to be coming in. I mean, like you said, you saw it kind of all over the field. And I mean, UTEP really does have a really solid duo of running backs. Burgess Jr. also looked really good, but still, I mean, the way that the way that Jacksonville State was just kind of able to figure out things in moments. I mean, you saw Zion Webb flip a ball to Ron Wiggins, and that's just a situation that I don't know if what if that would have happened a couple of years ago. But I mean, it just seems like there's just a new look to the way that they approach the game, and part of that is obviously the way Rich Rodriguez runs his offense and his defense as well. But still, I mean, like you said, I th- I think you hit the nail on the head, and that they just looked like the more physical team in and out. Okay, I think it's been long enough. We really need to talk about that last play. Thomas, can you just sort of walk me through what what stood out to you in that moment? What has stood out to you since when you've watched the replay? I mean, we just watched it um, two seconds ago. But, I mean, 
like kind of Rich Rod said, things just happened and it all just got lucky for them almost. Um, I mean, obviously Jeremiah Harris sealed the deal with the pick, but it seems like Jabari Mack just th- – there was just kind of a not blown coverage, but um, but Tyron Smith just kind of came around uh, the offense and Jabari Mack just stayed in place, leaving Derek Carter and Jeremiah Harris with uh, – Well, hold, hold on, hold on. To say there wasn't a blown coverage is a really kind thing to say. Even Richrod has been pretty vocal that – Somebody was supposed to stay with Tyron Smith on that last play, and they they did they blew it. Uh, we're not sure whose responsibility that was. Jabari Max starts the play lined up opposite Tyron, and then Tyron goes into motion. Jabari doesn't stay with him, and then eventually at the end of the play, Jabari does end up coming around. In fact, if Jeremiah doesn't make that interception, Jabari is probably the only guy that could have made a tackle to save the touchdown. I don't know if that means Jabari was supposed to stay with them or somebody else was supposed to adjust their assignment. But, I mean, it was definitely a blown play. And Jacksonville State does get lucky. Tyron Smith kind of runs into his fellow receiver there. Derek Carter's in the area covering that guy. But, I mean, it's a. I just think it's a great play by Jeremiah Harris to, to make that interception, obviously. I mean, yeah. Uh, Rich Rod said, the harder you play, the luckier you get, it seems. And he said, you know, Obviously, Jeremiah Harris is going to play hard. He's a seventh-year guy, but he got lucky. Um, and in the sense that this was just – it wasn't supposed to happen, and then it, Jacksonville State just kind of came out with it. I mean, it was just such a great thing, not just for Jacksonville State, obviously, to get a win. But, I mean, it really meant a lot for all the recruits that were there. It meant a lot for it being on CBS Sports, a primetime game. I mean, it just – see, I don't think it could have ended any better for Jacksonville State uh, just because of the attention that they were able to get from that last play. Yeah, I do think it's cool for Jacksonville State and the fans that – a such an important game in the school's history uh you know this is a game that people will probably refer to for not only this season but I could see years going forward there are people that talk about this UTEP game especially if this season continues to be successful I think it's cool that there's a play there's a moment you know this is the game where Jeremiah Harris got the pick and sealed the win and got the school the first FBS win or first win at the FBS level. So I think it's cool that there's a play like that. Like like you said, Thomas, you know, Richrod said they had 130 visitors. That's more than twice the number they had for any of his games last year. And when we say visitors, we're, you know, we're talking about recruits. Uh, so, you know, to have that many potential guys that Jacksonville State might want to look at later this year and offer, obviously it's great for them, for their memory of the program to be – you know, Jacksonville State getting a win, and they were there as a part of history. That probably helps in the recruiting pitch later. Like you said, a, a game on TV, primetime TV, CBS Sports Network. I, I do think it's good, especially in Week 0 when there's not a lot of competition. I mean, the the Notre Dame game ended up not being competitive, so that was probably the the game's biggest competition on TV is if that game's competitive, maybe people aren't tuning in at the beginning, but... That game was a blowout, and then it's not like any of the games that came on later in the day were must-watch. So I, I think you're right. I think it was a great win, and especially it was great timing for Jacksonville State. One of the things that was, I would say, questionable about this game for Jacksonville State was the passing game. Zion Webb got the start. 
through all the passes in the game. Um, went 10 for 20, got 67 yards, didn't throw a touchdown or didn't throw a pick. But, I mean, this is still a question mark. Um, Rich Rodriguez can, and both Zion Webb both said, you know, we've got to improve in that aspect. Sure, this is a, a Rich Rodriguez offense that likes to run the ball. I mean, Zion Webb got t- 55 yards on 10 carries, um, even ran for 18 yards on one point. Um, on one carry but I mean this is just something that has to get solved and we we didn't we I think that honestly more questions were raised than questions were answered about the passing game um, in this first game against UTEP I mean I think the biggest question that I had after the game the biggest question that I got on social media or from fans coming up to to speak with me in person following the the win was just the series that Logan Smothers got I mean the games on the line Suddenly, the second-string quarterback is in, which Richrod did say ahead of the game. He said, I'm going to play Logan, and I'm going to play Zion. Suddenly, Logan gets a series, and it's three runs. Richrod said after the game that was by design. You know, he wanted a guy that had fresh legs in there. Thomas, were you surprised that if he wants a quarterback to run, though, that he put in Logan? I mean, I feel like in fall camp, of the three, Zion, Tayshawn, and Logan, Logan was easily the worst runner that I saw through in fall camp. I mean, speaking to that, I don't think that there's a bad runner per se, but I mean, if you're going to run, why not keep Zion Webb in? I mean, he's he was successful. Um, he had 55 yards on 10 carries. I mean, that's that's enough to get you. If he repeats that pace, he gets you a first down. But I mean, still, there. I don't know. Um, I think. Well, I think Richrod was saying maybe Zion's tired at that point, so he wants a guy that maybe has more juice. But I mean, I don't know. Do you do you think Logan is? similarly gifted running the ball as as Tayshaun I feel like Tayshaun has made me say wow a couple times in fall camp I mean yeah I I was about to say that too if you were going to put a guy in I would have put Tayshaun in he's just has really good vision and not not saying Logan doesn't know the offense but I mean obviously Tayshaun's more experienced under Richrod per se but still I mean there's there's just I don't know what what he was thinking other than just to get fresh legs in I don't think that it would have been a bad choice to put Zion Webb in I think that it was more questionable I mean obviously but I think it was more questionable to put Logan in than just to keep Zion in or even put Tayshawn in I think that like you kind of said they all kind of fit the mold but I think that Tayshawn honestly looks like a more skilled runner per se especially in the fall preseason camp yeah I mean when I saw Logan take the field I was like oh okay we're Jacksonville State is going to open things up we're about to see Logan take a deep shot here and then it didn't happen. I mean, that's the thing we've always been impressed by whenever we've seen Logan is, you know, his arm. And, yeah, Logan, it's not like Logan is a pure pocket passer. Logan can carry the ball. Logan can run. Anybody that plays for Rich Rodriguez at quarterback has to run. But, you know, of the three, yeah, definitely. I mean, you tell me Logan's going out there. I'm expecting a pass on one of those plays. I, I think now there's been some criticism going around for Zion, you know, going 10 of 20, 67 yards. I think that's fair. I think Zion himself was quick to say, I think we were just asking questions about how great is it to win, and Zion said, you know, the offense didn't play well, I didn't play well. We put ourselves in a bad spot at times. So it's not like Zion is unaware of this, and it's not like Richrod is unaware of this. You know, they they were both – somewhat critical of Zion's play as a passer and said it has to get better. The one thing I will say in Zion's defense is if you look at Zion's 10 completions, his average depth of target was 5.2 yards. If you look at the the 10 incompletions, 
uh, Zion's average depth of target was 16.6 yards. I do think Zion and Jacksonville State need a vertical passing attack. I think they're going to need to hit those big shots, but some of the some of Zion's passes were just they were off, they were high, the receiver made a break that Zion didn't anticipate. There was a wheel route where Ron Wiggins turns around after the ball sails over his shoulder. I have no idea if that's a timing issue on Zion's fault or Ron needs to know to turn quicker on that play. There's a, a play where Sean just fell down, and if Sean Brown had stayed up, he probably pulls in or, or at least is in position to make a play on a ball that was 20 yards downfield. You know, if Zion hits one or two of those passes, and we're talking about Zion is 12 of 20 and 110 yards, I mean, it's still not a great showing, but if Jackson State wins, especially if Jackson State wins by more, is it, a, is it this big, I don't know, question mark or is it just a oh first game passing offense needs to improve not the end of the world I I really don't know so I I think I need to see Zion a little more I think I need to see another game or two before I have major concerns I just thought it was worth giving context to those numbers I mean one of the more positive things about not just Zion, but a couple of other players was the run game against UTEP. We saw three players get at least 50 rushing yards, and Zion Webb was one of them. Malik Jackson led the pack with 76 yards. Ron Wiggins had 63 yards. Both of them had a touchdown, and both of them had 13 carries. And then Zion Webb finished third with 55 rushing yards. This was a positive, especially in the sense that we saw Malik Jackson uh, kind of play the way that Rich Rod designed him to play, just kind of all over. And it was really exciting. I mean, for not just for Rich Rod, but for fans as well to be able to see that this is a really good another really good plug and play transfer um i mean he we saw him get a 44 yard run um he also had a catch for 16 yards but still i mean this is just a really good position to be in for the run game just to see them succeed and to see multiple contributors and they don't even have mr lewis back yet so this is i think this is a really good indicator of what's to come for jacksonville state's run game yeah speaking of anwar we still don't have an updated timetable you know he seems to still be practicing so there's reason to believe anwar lewis could make his debut this weekend although if rich rod wanted to give him another week to get healthy i mean it's conceivably this isn't a game they need to rush Anwar Lewis back for. But the thing that stood out to me is you're talking so much about Malik Jackson. You know how much I like Malik Jackson. But Ron Wiggins, he lined up out wide. He showed that he could catch some passes. I mean, that was the thing that stood out to me. Throughout spring, throughout fall camp, I've seen Ron look really good as a runner. You've even called him in the past a true running back. And we've seen Malik kind of dominate in practice, as a pass catcher, go in and make those big plays, especially when Jacksonville State is on third and five or third and eight. But, I mean, I thought what Ron Wiggins was able to do, I mean, that catch, that that 17-yard catch on the wheel route, for one thing, that's easily Zion's best pass. That may be the best pass I've seen him throw. It was just on the money, but it's a great catch by Ron there. I think if Ron can do that, it really doesn't matter which running back they put out there. I mean, Richrod has always said that, but that's not always been true. I mean, we last year there were guys that had strengths and guys that, that had weaknesses, and you could see which one Jacksonville State put in in certain situations. I, I mean, if Ron Wiggins truly can line up out wide and, and catch balls like we've seen Malik do, then 
I don't see any reason to believe Jacksonville State has to care if it's Malik Jackson or Anwar Lewis or Ron Wiggins out there. I mean, obviously this means almost nothing, but Ron Wiggins does lead the team in receiving right now, so he can boast that for at least another few days. Uh, but, I mean, he said it today. He didn't really catch the ball much in high school. Um, he was really, like like we've kind of said, a true running back, and he's really been able to develop as a pass catcher. I mean, Rich Rodriguez kind of said, I want to build versatility um, in the offense, specifically the receivers, but I don't know why he wouldn't include the running backs in that as well. He really wants them all to kind of be played wherever, and um, Ron Wiggins was obviously part of that picture it seems I mean he's been we didn't really see him catch many balls um, in fall preseason camp but I mean like you said if this is an indication of kind of what's to come as far as the versatility of the running back room then I don't see why Jacksonville State couldn't play any running back at any position um, especially when you get Enwar Lewis back so that's going to do it for the first in-season episode of Up in the Roost thank you guys for tuning in moving forward we're going to post one of these once a week Um, even during bye weeks we're going to have some content that we already have planned out so be be on the lookout for that and if you have anything that you guys want to listen to um, as far as feedback or anything at all uh, please let us know we're pretty active on social media so please leave a comment or send us a message that's all that we've got for the first in-season episode Um, thank you guys again for tuning in